We jumping in anytime soon? <laughs> I was finding a worse, but forget it. Yeah. Welcome back to the Gentleman Dojo. There it is, boys. There it is. Oh, so good to be back. There it is. I thought we were going to let that song run for about 18 minutes and then interview our guest for 12. You're hilarious. Thank goodness. Thank goodness You're you so funny. Full studio today, my friend. Full Always studio. good to be with you. I love it, Steve. You brought a sick animal Animals. in with you. Not sick. Not sick at all. You brought a sick animal that from the shelter true. in. That's not true. Doing great over there, right, Aaron? Sleeping. It has no, yeah. it has no tail. We just got it shaved earlier today. You shaved yeah. the tail? No, it looks like a rat tail. Steve, unlike yourself, I'm busy helping the community this during the This dog's not getting adopted. Yeah. I'm telling oh, you right you, now. You trust me, it will. It's got a cone on its head. Yeah, it just got neutered. You should get one of those cones. Why do they put the cone on the on So the he head? doesn't lick its balls. That's honestly the truth. That's I'm telling the worst you, thing you, you need a cone <laughs> on your left hand and your right hand. You need a cone on two hands. So you stop touching yourself. Do we have a guest? Or did yeah, your guest bail in. again today? He's calling in. Okay. How yeah. are you, by the way? Somebody's Wonderful. angry. Great. Obviously, didn't we... get a bonus this past weekend. Or not <laughs> no, working. I'm not angry. Yeah. Well, you seem very bitter. I'm, I'm bitter. I'm, look, I am a little disappointed. I'm a little upset. Why? I'm looking at that haircut. <laughs> I didn't get a haircut. Did you cut your own hair again? No. No, I okay. didn't. It always looks like Patrick, you just what do you think? Your... You like my Pat, how you doing? I think everybody's good. Everybody, we're all Patrick. Cut. Yeah, everybody's Patrick's good. not ashamed to admit that he goes, where do you go? Great Clips? I went, uh, when we were in San Diego, I think it was Super Cuts. You went to Super, Super Cuts. Cuts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what do you throw back for something like that? What do you charge? I mean, that's, uh, what do I charge? What, he what do they charge? Uh, they, it's usually 20 and then you three, $4 tip okay. if, if they could conversation or they leave you alone. You know? Okay. I like to well, the Floby was a great investment for you. <laughs> <laughs> you, think, uh, you think that's a good price for that that cut I for like what it. I got. Well, I mean, I, I, if I can find a local person, like not a local, but a uh, you guy know, that an independent, runs his own place. someone, uh, yeah, that's what I want. But you yeah, know, we're on the road so much, and it's like, sure. oh yeah, I should get a haircut. And uh, so it's usually, and sometimes places that don't take ca- credit cards, yeah, it's like uh, a men's that. haircut yeah, here in LA is a uh, very very overpriced. Is it overall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Okay. I I listen. I obviously have TV money. I can, you know, go to a salon on Main sure. Street. Sure. Do you go Monica. to the same person then? I, you know, I mix it up. Sometimes yeah. I have people come to my house. Really? I, it just depends. Yeah. Right. I got... Uh, you know, Jimmy Carter used to have uh, a Spanish barber because he wanted to practice his Spanish from 76 to 80. Yeah? Oh, he, so that's what his... Well, Gary should have a comedian cut his hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whoa! Boom. Whoa, boss. Boom. Hello! <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Well, we're excited today, Stephen and Super Patrick. Excited, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we have on a good buddy who I just saw a couple weeks ago yeah. when I was down in San Diego... For Comic-Con, they were doing a... uh, They still don't have it fixed? Yeah. What the fuck? Well, that's fantastic. Let's start arguing online. Uh, Yeah, Steve, he will be calling in. Um, So we have a uh, guest on our show today who uh, is part of the Impractical Jokers team, which is one of the huge hits on True TV. Fantastic show. Fantastic show. I was just down in San Diego for Comic-Con doing Conan, and uh, the Impractical Jokers had a big block party down there, and they were doing... This block party at Petco Field. Oh wow, Padre where the home. Padres yeah. play. Yeah. yeah, it was packed, just packed with all of their fans. That's incredible. They were doing these meet and greets. They were doing these just very cool uh, experiences with them. You could you know do cool things, interactive with them. And uh, I got to tell you, it was just it was absolutely awesome. Sal, hey, what's going on, buddy? What's up, bud? Well, we got to give him a proper introduction. Oh now. yeah, yeah. Why, why don't you go ahead and yeah. introduce him? Well, I, Sal, I was just mentioning that we saw you a couple of weeks ago. My wife and I were down at Comic Con, and you guys did this event for all of your fans at Petco. Uh, absolutely, it just blew me away 
it was absolutely packed in there. And and you guys did this whole day experience. It was absolutely amazing. Um, One-fourth of the Impractical Jokers. How about a round of applause, everybody, for Sal Volcano? <laughs> Sal, good to have yes. you. I got to tell you, you, Sal. Gary. Ga- Ga- Gary's Gar- real-life persona is much different than his face. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Gary is a very... Don't don't be fooled. Don't be fooled, Facebook. Gary is very sweet. He oh, is yeah, a sweet yeah. man. He yeah. can be a very sweet man. Uh, he is so sweet. He well, brought he'll in. Turn a... on, he'll turn on you quick. Oh, in he'll a turn on you quick. Don't leave it. Don't leave yourself vulnerable with a post. He'll, no. He'll, he'll, he'll <laughs> no. Steve is a little upset with me that I brought in a, a rescue dog because I like to help people, and uh, you know. The dog is just trying to get comfortable, and Steve's upset. But getting getting comfortable means it, it, it almost threw up in the middle of the studio. <laughs> middle uh, of the introduction. Sal. Well, vomit, vomit, vomit makes Gary comfortable. <laughs> it's I what feel his, at home. It's what his wife does every time she sees him live. So, <laughs> Sal, the way I met you, and I love this. Uh, I love this story. It may be a little long-winded, but when Sullivan and Son, the first season was on. Jokers was on. We're both doing the TBS Festival in Chicago. That's the first time we actually hung out. And Owen and I are at the bar like, oh, those are the those are the Jokers. And then Owen goes, no, they're, they're the Tenderloins. They did a ton of sketch stuff online. Next thing I know, we're having shots. We're drinking. And then you guys are on the road. We're on the road. We keep zigzagging. We meet up. We booze it up. First season, everybody's great. Second season, you guys are starting to do theaters. We're still in comedy clubs. Third season, you guys are out of the comedy clubs doing doing theaters. We're still in the comedy clubs. And I'm thinking, I don't think we're getting renewed here. No fourth season. No fourth season. And yeah. look at the scale, the heights you guys have ascended. It's, I, I mean, do you guys still, I know you're going into your seventh season. Do you still ever, I, there's got, like when you're at Petco, for example, and Gary's talking in front Amazing. of 16,000 people. Uh, do you do you guys still? I you can't be numb to it, right? You keep ascending new and new heights. You're going to London to the O2 Arena. Are there still times where you're shocked at the success of this? Every day, shocked. Uh, never get used to it. Uh, I still don't believe it. it. It doesn't really feel like it's happening to us, or I, I can speak for myself. Me, it just feels like I kind of am watching and I'm looking from the outside in. Because nothing about me and my daily life has really changed. I mean, you know, I could uh, afford more rent now, but like, you know, my, my daily, like I'm sitting at home right now on my couch in my pajamas. My pajamas have a hole in them. I just ate cream <laughs> cheese out of the tub directly. <laughs> um, so I, you know, but you know, you know, everything's the same, you know, with us, but it's, it is crazy. It's almost like I'm, I still can't like, I'm like, wow, I wonder what that would be like if that happened to me. Cause it's like, I'm on, I feels like I'm on the outside, but you're also being very humble uh, because you are incredibly successful and the, one of the best comedians. And Gary, I love you too, buddy. Ah. <laughs> but, uh, so I don't know if you met Patrick Keene, but Patrick Keene is our third co-host yes. here on the on the dojo. Oh, Just, Patrick, hello. Hey, Sal, how are you, man? Informally introducing you guys, but I want to ask you this, and I think this is why the show is still successful. It, it, it's not a show where like Pawn Stars after a while you're like, all right, I get it. The, you know, there's a format to the show. How much for the You guys get? keep reinventing things, and the fact that <laughs> the fact that Quinn shaved his head and Murr's gotta wear Quinn's hair <laughs> could be one of the fucking <laughs> funniest things I've seen on TV on any show in a long time. 
I think that's one of those things that the guys from Jackass must be going, why didn't we think of that? That's genius. And you guys keep reinventing the wheel. It doesn't get old. You keep pushing the boundaries. Uh, you know, it's a testament to not only you guys, but I would assume your writers, right? Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Thank you so much for saying that. Uh, that's the goal. Uh, hopefully we're pulling it off. We're still having fun doing it. Um, yeah, every once in a while, an idea like that, like shaving, <laughs> Hugh grew his hair out. <laughs> Hugh wanted to shave his head a, like a year ago just because he was tired of having long hair. Yeah. And then we got the idea, and we went to the wig maker, and they said it had to be a certain length, which meant that he had to grow his hair for another year. Wow, before so you could do it. That is a commitment. He, yeah, he committed, and then, you know, Murrow, of course, didn't know his fate, and we had to keep that one secret for like a year, but then we were just so happy with this idea because like you said, it was like, you know, cause, cause I tell you after the first season, we had 17 episodes. Mm -hmm. Me personally, I was like, well, that's it. Nice run. We had, there's no more jokes to be made. <laughs> and, uh, I guess if you just kind of lock yourself in a room and absolutely a testament to the guys and girls who write with us uh, over the years, uh, where we just kind of say, look, you know, um, no, you know, it's just, this is the same idea, so, you know, like, we're not going to do it again. And let's keep pushing until something we call, you know, we, we say until we break our own format. So, like, every season we try to break our own format in some way so that it, people are not necessarily seeing the same thing that they've, they've always seen. And uh, that one was just wonderful, especially that it was a long-term punishment of Murray for me. Uh. <laughs> like, uh and it's funny because he had to wear cute hair for about five months. And wow. Straight, straight, straight through the summer in every single oh, scene. In the summer? Yeah. But, Sal, why do you think? I mean, listen, why? before you guys premiered, there obviously was a bunch of hidden camera shows, people doing what you guys were doing. Why did yours hit, and why did it hit so successfully? Um. Well, I think first, I think we tweaked the format a little um, that made it a competition, number one, that made it not just about fooling people and then moving on. There was a motivation involved, a competition. There was a spirit to it. Um, we wanted to push and make sure that we represented our four different characters best so people would be rooting for us, make sure the show had heart. I think we also wanted to make sure that we could fail on the show and find a way of making us failing being funny. These are some elements that I don't know if I recall in another, like, quote-unquote prank show. We really don't like, I know we are, we are a prank show for sure, and that's definitely what we get called. We get recalled a reality show, a prank show, but at the heart of it, I don't think we're either of those things. It, it, I, if anything, it's just like a kind of a social experiment show between friends. It's more of a showcase of, like, our friendship and then just being, like, completely ridiculous. You know what I mean? Because it is, it is kind of about, like, us and not who we're pranking. You know what I mean? So I know, like, Punk had elaborate pranks. That was a whole other different level. It was, like, very elaborate about pranking one specific person. And then Candid Camera was, like, which is the godfather, you know, the king of everything, probably the most famous, quote-unquote, prank show of all time. I loved it. And, and, and we, 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 we kind of try to, ex like, extract an element of what made Candid Camera good and then apply ourselves to it and a new twist on it. So it wasn't just about like the repetitiveness of, even though I could watch stuff like that and America's Funniest Home Videos, I could watch that stuff all day. Uh, but but it was it was just kind of like, for me it was like, 
okay, there was it's just it was kind of one note, and uh, we you know we have a lot of failed. We've been uh, we've known each other for twenty almost twenty eight years. Wow, and we've been performing comedy together for almost eighteen years. So for us, it was about trying to. We had so many failures before this, and just trying to find an outlet that we thought could showcase our strengths. Because a lot of times we would get a project and it would be like the first time we ever had to write something like this. And it was like, all right, well, we're learning through all this, but what about if we thought of an idea that was plug and play where we could hit the ground running? Because we already know how to be ourselves. We already know how to improvise with each other. And so somehow over a lunch, uh, the idea clicked. And, and it's really evolved over the years because when we first made the show, it wasn't what it is today. So it was a learning process. So, but so I guess say, people respond to our friendships, really. Well, I, it's I, a long-winded answer I, I just decided to give you. No, the, I, think, I think the reason it, it succeeded is you guys weren't cast. Yeah. You know, right. You're watching four friends the camaraderie and i think that's why everybody gravitates towards that's why i gravitated because towards you can it the see beginning. the chemistry yeah, immediately it's, like, yeah. it's not it's fake. just four dudes fucking around with each yeah, other it's not four separate bookings four separate agents exactly, four separate yeah. uh, careers that you guys are worried about and yeah. schedules yeah that, that is feedback we get a lot which is you remind us exactly of our friends i have friends just like you uh you know we we, we could have had your show you guys aren't special <laughs> but, Steve, that's a great point it is i think the pranks are secondary to you guys being four likable dudes it's it's a yeah. show it's 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 like you said the chemistry it's you I was, don't find I was at a wedding once i was at a wedding once liar i had a few drinks <laughs> 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 prove it um, <laughs> this guy had a few drinks and he started to like get a little open with me and he's like yeah love the show man love. and then after a few he was like if i if i could this is never a good time when they're like if I could be honest, no offense. <laughs> That's always good. That's always good. Like, if I could be honest, no offense. He goes, uh, I mean, you got lucky, like, because like I could do any of my anyone could kind of do what you guys do. Uh, it's right. just you just turn the cameras on. And right. I was like, yeah, I guess. I guess but that's so. when you go to him, you go, no, you couldn't do it because I'm likable. Yeah. 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 What yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude? Not with that attitude. Yeah. Unbelievable. So Steve used to get that all the time on Sullivan and Son. They're like, hey, I'm a shitty actor. And it's like, well, I mean, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> Gary, talk of the south. So, <laughs> so if it, it, just gut reaction, I say, I say the name, the first word that comes to your mind, okay? Mur. Oh God, was that? Mur. First word that comes to your mind. <laughs> You're killing me. Uh. Um. Mur, uh, the first thing that came to my mind was pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. All right, how about Quinn? Jesus, uh, is tough. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know because I now I'm thinking in, in like traits, and I thought reckless, but Quinn's not reckless. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe on the show he's a little bit of a loose cannon. I, I mean, are we talking like show wise or like real life wise? Just, just knee jerk, reflexively. First word that comes to you, uh, Joe. Lunatic. <laughs> he is a lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> but but amongst the amongst all four of you, what is the one attribute that each one of you brings to the show? If you could describe the positive attribute that each person brings to the show, that 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 makes it such a well oiled machine. Well, I, I guess let's just start with Joe. Yeah, you know, I think we all have like some predominant. Um, traits or qualities in each of us that are pretty different from the next guy, which makes for a good, uh, it's complimentary. It makes for a good, like juxtaposition. I mean, Joe, 
really is, and we've said this before, but like Joe um, is just, he's just off the wall. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, loud, he's loud, he's loud, but in the, in the most, in the, in the funniest way, not like obnoxious. He's yeah. Just, he's kind of like, um, just balls to the wall, like just gut bustingly funny. Like he just, he's the type of guy, he has a quality that I described like, almost like to me, like a Will Ferrell or something like that, where he doesn't have to do or say much to have me bent over. I don't know if he has a, he has a bent over laughing face. or bent over. <laughs> it depends what night, but, um, okay. Okay. No, no. But I think Joe, Joe also has, uh, I think the way that his face was designed. <laughs> it was designed. Like, there are people working on it in the bathroom. I love it. He, he's got like, he's got like this thousand yards. There, his eyes always look like he has like some type of eye shadow on. He, he embraces his, he embraces his belly and his nose. He, but he, he, he just, he could just look at me and not say one word, and I will literally have tears streaming down my face. So He's... that's a quality that I, I don't think it's a, it's geez, it's like a, almost like a, an intangible that he has that I, I just think like. We all feel that way, and I'm sure a lot of the people who watch do. So, yeah, Joe is just, uh, you know, this, that's it. He's just. And what's the attribute uh, Quinn and, and Murr bring to the show? By as the well? way, Joe is the Burt Kreischer of the Jokers. He loves taking that shirt off. Oh, he off. does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but Joe's got material. Oh, yeah. He, he, made, he, made, he, made peace, he made peace with that body long before any of us. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So, you, junior high, uh, high school, where did this friendship uh, begin with all four of you. Uh, freshman in high school. Wow. I, I always yeah, 1990. I always wonder it's with crazy. you guys too. Uh, I, Sal, are you ever out somewhere just by yourself on a Saturday, and maybe you're getting bad service somewhere, or somebody's messing with you, and you're like, "Am I being fucked with right now?" Or do you really attribute it to, "Hey, this is just really bad right now"? So I get a, I have a few different things that recur to me all the time. One is no matter where I am, if people spot me, they automatically think they're on the show. Oh, funny! Now oh, you're filming. That's yeah, funny. but really, like two thirds of my life is not on the show. <laughs> so, like for most of my free time, people walk up to me if I'm in a store, if I'm in a park, if I'm they just like on high alert and they think I'm going to do something. To them. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. <laughs> And, you know, I'm not. And then the other part of it is, yeah, I mean, like, you know, we talked about how the show kind of evolved. In the beginning, we didn't really, like, do things where we'd mess with each other in our personal lives. But over the last couple of seasons, we've we've set that precedent and crossed that boundary. So, like, they they trapped me in an elevator one time. They, they told me that the Department of Homeland Security, I went to court. It was fake court. I thought I was getting... Uh, you know, I thought I was going to have to go to uh, jail or pay a fine from the Department of Homeland Security. Jesus. So they've done things to me like that. So so now every once in a while, if something is slightly suspicious, I do take pause for a second. And I'm just like, you know, well, let me just make sure this isn't like something, you know. That's, and we have, um, we have some stuff in the works like that that we've been planning for a while for, for the other guys, too, which, of course, I... It's stupid for me to mention because I can't say what it is, but I can tell you guys off off air. Okay, I, I do love the <laughs> fact that everywhere you go, people think, "Hey, is this being filmed? Am I on That's TV?" Crazy. It's yeah, like you don't I'm just trying to get a time aside. Oh massage. yeah, guys. <laughs> yeah, guys, you, would, you wouldn't you wouldn't believe it, guys. It's such a blast. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sal, this is what I genuinely respect about you is that. 
of all the guys, you're you've gone full. You're in the deep end with stand up. Yeah, I mean, any minute you have time away from the guys, you're hitting the stage. You're going to the festivals. You're doing the work. You're in the clubs. What is it? Um, about stand-up that, that I mean, because most guys in your situation would just be like, you know what, I've grinded it out all these episodes, I'm taking a breather. You are hitting the gas and you're going to Montreal, <laughs> you're just for last year, you're at Moon Tower, you're at Skankfest. What is it about stand-up that has elicited this passion for, uh, from you? Yeah, because I did everything in reverse, and I'm fine with that, but... Um... I wanted to be a stand-up comedian since I was a little kid, and I didn't really follow through with it. Like, in college, I did a little bit, but not really. And I, it was this thing that always hung over my head. And I just was always like, I should be doing stand-up. I should mm-hmm. be doing stand-up. Like, I wish I started at 18, 20. You know, I'm 40. And um, it was like I let years and years pass by knowing that that's all I ever wanted. I can only be thankful that I finally did it now, mm-hmm. and I can't look back and say what if, you know. But uh, but I was fortunate enough to have success through another outlet, and um, you know I have a little financial security now where I can dive into it and not worry about. Although that's not even because I, I I should have been doing it while I was bartending way back when too and all that stuff. But yeah, I just I I, I love it. I, I, it's my dream. It's all I ever wanted to do. It's, it's weird because like, not a lot of people know what they want to do or whatever, but for some reason, I knew always that's what I wanted to do. And I'm just making up the lost time now because I love doing it. I love the grind. I love the challenge. I love the successes and failures of it. Just like every comic, you got to have something in you to want to be a stand-up comic. And, uh, you know, and I just, I, I, just, I just love it. It's a challenge. And like, there's, there's nothing better than figuring out a joke and making it better and understanding why it's funny and then getting that immediate reaction from people on stage. And it's just fun. And then what happens is you keep time, you end up keeping time and friends with all these other like-minded people who are the funniest people on the planet become your friends. And they're just, you just, it's like a family, you know, it's just like, it's unbelievable. Like I, 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 I like to go out and get up every night. Like I, I've been up every night this week, like three or four wow. times a night. Um, yeah, we're on vacation, but like I, just, <laughs> for me, vacation from the show is really the only time I can, well, not really, but I can really go hard. Like I'm doing like, like a few every night and, and uh, but it, I just, as much to get in there and see my buddies and like, you know, like, and, and I love, you know, watching them do their thing and, I just love submerging myself, man. So I, I, I'm just making up for all, all the all the lost time. I'm just uh, I really I have something to prove to myself. And, well, you know, and and I, I, the comedy community has definitely embraced you. At the beginning, though, was there some sense of like, um, was there like some backlash because of the success you've had on the show, and? You know, you're you're all of a sudden getting these spots at all these clubs. Were there, were there comedians that kind of looked uh, looked at you sideways, like, "Oh, this is another guy that's on a show that's going to do stand up," or was it just immediate, like like most guys I know love you? Uh, they not only love you from the show, but they love yeah. what your stand up is as well. I mean, did you face some sense of backlash when you were first starting, or was it was everybody pretty welcoming? I was so so lucky. I think. Um, I, I've seen other people who've been on shows, and I think that maybe their heart's not in the right place. I don't know, but I suspect maybe, like, it's like, look, I can put asses in seats. I can fill this club up this weekend. I'm going to get on stage. I'll talk through it, you know, and I'll, that's all I need to do. Or, 
I'll get better eventually or I'm doing it for a paycheck or whatever. I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean, clubs don't care either. If someone's going to fill up a club, they're going to put them on the stage. And I've seen that criticism of people that maybe like they don't want, they want to, maybe they want to try. Stand, a lot of people try stand-up comedy. I've seen people try stand-up comedy. I mean, they got up once and then they tell people they're a comedian, which is insane because you can't. They made a whole social, it's called Facebook. They made right. a whole yeah. thing about it. They have yeah. a business card from Vista <laughs> Prince. <laughs> but but I don't is... know if those people truly want to be a comedian, but like, I, I want to be a comedian. I want to be a good comedian, and I want to leave a, a mark as a comedian. And, I mean, I was really lucky because I had a lot of comic friends over the years because I owned a bar and I hosted a comedy night. And I was also in comedy, like sketch and improv. So I was around it, and so I had a lot of friendships early. And then the success of the show, comedians really took to Impractical Jokers. Oh, yeah. And through through social media and Twitter and, and things like that, I started befriending more and more comedians and even hanging with them before I was getting up. And I had a really nice um, base of, of friendships uh, of comedians on the East and West coast. And, and then when I first started to do it, like I, 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 I don't want to take a spot that I know I shouldn't get. And I didn't. And like, I, I just, I, I no part of me wants anyone to feel like I dumped ahead of them because of my status or I cut them. I just want my material to speak for itself. So before I even like took any, even slightly quote unquote medium profile shows, like just even performed at like a comedy club, I did a lot of work just like, you know, in bars and in like just whatever spaces just to, to, to know that I'm not going to get up before I, I feel that I know I have something that's funny that's going to make people laugh and I could build from that. So I really tried not to prematurely do anything, which I, I still kind of do right now. I, I, tr I try not to. Um, it's interesting, so. Sal, because when I saw you a couple weeks ago when you guys were in San Diego for Comic-Con, I just remember how busy your schedule was. And you're like, hey, I definitely want to come out and do your show. I'm going to try and catch the end of the first show. And then can I do the beginning of the second? Because I need to get back out and do something for the Jokers. And it was crazy because for all the stuff that you had going on, and when I saw you come in to do the show, it was amazing just how much more polished you had gotten from the year before when I saw you last. Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, it was I'm, great. I'm, and I'm I, sure I, you have to feel that. Putting in the work. Yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, no, I was so. I, I mean, I'm thrilled to do to do the show. Thank you for inviting me. Like, I, I, I won't turn down a show. You know, like I, 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 I'm so happy to be invited to be part of it, and just to get any time that I can fill in because I don't have a lot of time. So anytime someone offers me something, it's like, oh wow, like that's an opportunity that I didn't have before. So, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, and then I, I'm also like, wow, like you know. You know, I'm just so happy to be part of it. You know, Gary, you're you're you, you're an established comedian. That that was a poem well. writer showcase, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I find myself in the middle of that, and I'm just like, I, I'm just happy to be invited. Yeah, well, you guys, you guys play the 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 butt of the jokes, which is nice. Like there are some hidden camera stuff. I won't say any any names or anything, but where where it's on the person that they're putting in the video, and and that doesn't give you a good sense of resolution. The great thing about the old Canada camera was you showed afterwards what the people that just got pranked or punked, you showed afterwards uh, that there was resolution, they were happy, it was cool, and everybody feels good. Uh, with you guys, it's like, I mean, you guys play the bunt, the, the butt of the joke, and it's just hilarious what you do to each other. It's 
It's, uh... it's it's funny. It's funny because like it doesn't feel like we reinvented much. Yeah, Kill but Mike I too. guess you know it's so funny because you you know you feel like you've seen it before. You, you know, a prank show, hidden camera show. There's been you know so many and this and that, and then you know it's just funny. It's like wait a minute, has anyone ever done it this way? I, I guess not. And then it's just like it's so funny because sometimes the very simple ideas, the simple ideas are the best. I, I think. Hey, Sal, I, I have a couple. Th- th- everybody asks me this, and I, I don't think I've ever gotten the answer from you about this. When you guys do the show and you go in and you goof somebody, right, right. when do they find out that they're on the show? How does that work? It's usually, um, depending on the location and the situation, for the most part, it's usually just moments after we've dealt with them. Um, if they're in a free-form area, like if we're on the sidewalk, Someone's got to get to them quick before we lose them and they walk away. Um, <laughs> if it's like in the middle of a speech we gave or something that's closed off where they're attending something, we'll wait to the very end because we can't expose it to, to anyone else that's there. You know what I mean? So it all depends. We'll have like a team of people wearing like earpiece. Like they look like secrets. Like they look like homeless secret service. <laughs> uh. And uh, they, uh, you know, they, they approach and, and say, excuse me, can I speak to you? over here for a second we just want to let you know that this was that and uh then we just hope for the best because if the person doesn't sign you know it usually doesn't work because the show is based on the interaction and people's reactions and stuff yeah because i mean you guys are kind of when you do it you're standing off to the side watching the monitors and you can see what's going on from a distance and you're hoping to get those people that are distracted kind of walking in right yeah we we we, we do like we will scan and be like, oh, this person looks like a character. And we, we try to stack the deck, and uh, the, you know, because, you know, if someone's walking down the street that looks like some type of, you know, whatever they are, you know, what I mean? they, just, they just look more interesting if it, they're very old or they look, they're dressed loudly or, you know, they're, uh, you know, sheepish or like if they have any like really strong quality, that, that's better for TV because it kind of, it, it makes it more palpable. So I want to ask you this. Obviously, the show is a monster success. You guys probably had no idea. Like you said, you, you're 17 episodes. You're like, all right, we're done. All of a sudden now, you guys are touring. You're doing arenas. You did you did where the Penguins play in Pittsburgh. It's one thing to create a successful television show. For years, you guys have been touring in support of the TV show. How difficult was Because by now, I'm sure it's a well-oiled machine. But how difficult was it at first to put together the live show? And not only put together a live show... They play some comedy clubs, but now you guys are doing arenas. I mean, well, they have a cruise. Yeah. Chris Rock, you, yeah, you <laughs> have a cruise, but cruise. but I mean, literally to go from four guys that are pranking each other on television to doing a live show. Because if these live shows don't catch on, they're not they're not going to these these people aren't going to pay to see them a third and fourth and fifth time when they go back to these markets. I mean, they have such a right rabid fan base, but you guys keep not only reinventing the show, you keep reinventing your live show. So how difficult is that as well to to have four guys that probably never really been on stage before, and now all of a sudden you're commanding an arena? Yeah, I mean, well, the guys and I used to do improv and sketch comedy in small theaters, like, from way back when. So we've been on stage together, and we've been in front of, quote-unquote, people together. But it's a different animal, different beast. We never did, like our version of like stand-ups so to speak or whatever it has and um 
we've gotten better. Like, I know that when we first started, we took a flyer on it. We're like, hey, why don't we get back on stage? I mean, I bet you people will come to see us now that the show's out. Why don't we piece together something and just try to get on stage and see how we feel about it and see if we can evolve it and what it will become. And we started off, we had like, you know, we narrowed it down to like maybe 10 bullet points of ideas, stories, topics on the show, this, that, the other. And we started these small little comedy clubs like in Iowa and stuff. And we did like a week. And, you know, by the end of that week, seven days in a row, by the end of the week, the show had evolved. And so when you're doing, I mean, we're starting with a bowl of clay there, you know. And we were just like, you know, the people aren't, they don't know what to expect from us. So we know how to improvise and talk to them. And, you know, they're there to see us. So we think we could at least entertain them. We weren't like, let's walk out there and crush and we have polished material. So we just kind of went out and I'm positive if I watch anything from like our first year it probably sucked <laughs> but um but you know the audience it was it was good enough for the audience at least and it was growing and we were making it better and as we went and it's actually that you bring it up steve it's for me in my opinion it's the hardest task that we have out of anything that we do the live show the live show it's yeah, crazy because I, because now especially now in, in light of what you said like we it has to be a certain atmosphere, a certain quality, mm-hmm. and we don't have the like the benefits of let's say a like solo comic like to get up, you know, a few nights a week and a few times a night and listen and play it back and change it and 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 have autonomy in whatever you're doing. So you know that you want to go in this direction. We're doing a stage show by Democracy, and we're doing it while we film ten to eleven months out of the year. And while we're still touring 90 to 100 gates out of the year. So, like, it's weird because when they want to put up a theater on sale, it has to go on sale, like, six months in advance. Right. So when we're winding down into, like, 18 months of touring, we're on third iteration of touring right now. So we usually do about a 75-minute show. So this is our third new show. Crazy. And um, when we're winding down to the end of playing all the markets and it's time to start writing again, the, the, the thing that gives me major stress and anxiety, which I, I don't know if I could do it again, is that they put the theater on sale in six months from now for a tour that and material that literally does not exist. Wow. And then we're under the gun to get like 75 minutes of material while we're filming and touring the old material. Oh, my God. You know, and then, you know, and then, and then you know, like I said, it's like, okay, fine. Everyone has, everyone has lives and families and jobs out there. Everyone has, but like, I can't come home and say hi to my family and then work on my own jokes in my house because I, we have to do it together. So, you know, that's the toughest part that gets me like really sick to my stomach because I want the show to be to a certain standard. And so what we do is we, we, um, we, we go and we do these, we call them podcast shows because a podcast is cool because it sets up a certain expectation from the audience that we're going to be shooting shit free form. It'll be conversation. It won't all be necessarily hysterical. So they come to see a live podcast and we do like two a night, 90 minutes each time. And then we do about 20 of those. So we we record and we record the video. So we record like 40 hours of us riffing on stage doing podcast shows. And then we take that back and we go through all of it and break down, that could have been a bit. That could be a bit. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's great. And then we narrow that down, and then we do more and targeting those bits and try to develop those. That's the only way we could do it. But it is 
it is in the middle of everything else. So you also start to feel mentally kind of like, you know, creatively stifled a little bit because like you can't run your brain that much. You know what I mean? Yeah, because there's so, so much emphasis on the TV show. But these live shows, there's no editing bay. There's you're you're literally performing in front of fifteen, sixteen thousand people. It's like you gotta you gotta hit your mark. So for me, as not only a friend of yours, but as as a fan of all you guys, obviously, um, to me that is so commendable that you guys keep grinding it out on the road, and you keep coming up with new material collectively as a group. It, I, it, I don't. It's a Herculean task. Is I, I there, would say. Is there a Yoko Ono that's gonna break you guys up? <laughs> is there a woman that's just going to come in and mess everything up, or are you guys getting along okay? It's, I, I was just saying, there, there's got to be, like, you guys tour together so much. You're sitting at home by yourself on a Friday. Uh, you know, are, is there any thought of you that's like, yeah, we'll call up Murr, see what he's doing tonight, see if he wants to grab a drink? There's probably no thought to that ever. Jesus Christ, no. <laughs> you would rather just sit, like, you're not calling yeah, those sure, guys. No, Nobody wants it, to hang it out. Go, no, it, it, does, it does completely go both ways. Like, we are so lucky that we get to tour together. I mean, yes, we are with each other almost 24-7. Yes. Because we film the show all week long, and then on Friday we get on a plane together, and then we're with each other all weekend long. So we're with each other. Literally, we're probably with each other nine out of ten days. Wow. And it's a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing because you guys know it's 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 lonely alone on the road on the of course. side of a, of a highway, uh, you know. So we get to do that. And then you know when we're on the road together, though, you know we definitely like, hey, who wants to go to a movie and who wants to do this and who wants to that. And when and, and the few times that we do have a few weeks apart from each other, you know, you are you're also like, oh, I uh, I'll be excited to see the guys. But when we get little breaks, I think we all feel like we just need to yeah. do our own thing. You know. What I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Sal, we cannot. I know you're heading to a dinner. We cannot thank you enough for taking the time to call in again. I know you're swamped. Enjoy your downtime. <laughs> you're not. You're not it's, this is a no, no big deal, and I'm so happy to call in. Are you kidding me? By don't the way, thank, don't thank me. Can thank I just you. one last question? My uh, grandma is a big fan of the show, oh, and go. she said, "Hey, ask them uh, how much pussy they get." <laughs> Gary, and I'm just like, okay, I'll, I'll ask, but uh, I don't know. Oh, sorry, From my grandma. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Gary, you're, you're breaking up. I didn't. <laughs> Sal, we love you. From we my cannot, grandma. We cannot thank you enough for calling in. Gary, Continued Gary, success. Tell her unlimited. I, I, and what we've learned from this conversation today is that Sal feels I'm an established comic. So thank you, Sal, That's for crazy. appreciating that and believing in me. And I will tell you, here's what I here's what I love about Sal. He's running around, running his ass off, entertaining 15,000 yeah. people, at working at Comic-Con, making sure everybody's happy. My wife and I are kind of backstage just hanging out, enjoying this White Castle truck that was there on the field, <laughs> the greatest thing ever. And you come over to us, you're like, hey, you guys need anything? Can we do anything? And my wife kind of made a joke and said, hey, I'm cold. And you're like, I'll get you a sweatshirt. We're like, what are you talking about? Like, just so generous and overextending yourself to make sure everybody else was having a good time. It was so amazing. So thank you for that, bud. Thank you for your friendship. You guys are hilarious. And obviously, I'm so glad that you guys got to stop by. And I'm glad you got to perform at the Madhouse that Friday night that you guys were there. That was so much fun. Yeah. Thank you, man. Truly, truly my pleasure, really. Sal, we love you. We'll see you on the road. Good luck uh, season seven, right? That you guys are going to start Thank that soon, right? Yeah, we start writing first week of September. My God. God bless you guys. Amazing. Yeah. Congrats well, on everything. You know, I love you guys. I love you guys to death. 
We love you too, Sal. Take care, buddy. Thank you guys for having me. I'll talk to you all soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. The okay. great Paula the... Poundstone. <laughs> literally, I mean, and you could say this about Sal, but you could literally say it about all, all four of those guys. Yeah. The nicest guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They genuinely are all four the nicest dudes. Not, not one of them has, has let the fame hit, to their, yeah. hit their head. It's not like this podcast. <laughs> no, yeah. you know it's, and, yeah. it's and not that's, successful. That's and, good. To, it's it's <laughs> good to hear that they have a great live show because uh, Trailer Park Boys, which is I'm a huge fan of that yeah. Canadian series, uh, is hilarious and I love it. But seeing them live is a, is a bit of a train wreck. It's oh, fun, yeah. but it's it's not like what these guys are. Doing. And Patrick and I know guys that aren't selling tickets that have huge egos, and uh, you know they don't sell shit. You know they had a TV show that failed. Where can they find you, Steve? <laughs> Does your grandma have any questions for me? Oh, awful. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes another wonderful episode Whoa. of the Dojo. Whoa. We'll be in Tampa, Florida together. Oh, yes. All of us. Very right? soon. In Tampa? Uh, yeah. Right. Labor Day yeah. weekend. Tampa. And then yeah. uh, New Year's Eve, the three of us. New Year's Eve? Seattle, Washington. I know With it's parlor. down the line. <laughs> the parlor Live. It is one of the best clubs. It's my one of the best clubs. paid gig. Yeah. yeah so. It's, it's Patrick's best paid gig. <laughs> We are wait the a minute, wait no a minute. Joke. Where'd you hear it was paid? <laughs> uh, where can they find you? At Citizen Keen. Boom. At Canon Comedy. I still don't believe it. All right. At Steve Byrne Live. We are the Gentleman's Dojo. Find us. Write a review. Rate us. We're on iTunes. We love you. Dojo.